Heavenly Father, we thank you. Just worship with me. Thank you, Lord, for your great grace. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your spirit of truth. We praise you in this moment. Anybody glad to be in the house of faith today? Amen. Amen. God is good. Wasn't that a beautiful song? That's original RTM music. Amen. Give God some praise for that. Glory to God. Now, I would go keep going into some preliminary things, but, um, um, you know, we, we obviously, if you haven't noticed by now, the, the, um, the service format has, has been changed just a, a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and get into the word. You ready for that? Amen. Amen. Um, so I'm going to pray. You lift your hands with me. And Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here to teach your word with simplicity and understanding. Father, we thank you for an abundance of peace and truth being revealed today and accepted. And as a result, we all are strong and mighty warriors for the body of Christ. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. I want you to shout this declaration with me. Say, God loves me. God loves me. Jesus is for me. Holy Spirit is in me to lead and guide me. I am a disciple. I'm a disciple maker. All right. Now, now, watch. Now, greet your neighbor with an air high five. Y'all ain't walking all over the sanctuary today. Hug yourself. You can let the person next to you know that you love them and you're excited about them being here with you. Amen. And then have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Amen. We're going to go ahead and um, get into the message today, taking me back to my, my Baptist roots. I grew up um, Baptist where, you know, I cut my teeth on 30-minute messages. The Baptist people mastered giving a powerful word in 30 minutes. They did that. It wasn't until I got to Word of Faith that I learned how to do it for 45 minutes to an hour. Right? Amen. Y'all ready for the word today? Yes. Did you come expecting to hear from God? Yes. You know God's still talking. Yes. You know he has some things to say. Yes, yes, yes. So you come with your ears inclined to heaven. Amen. I brought the Holy Spirit with me. How about you? Yes. Glory to God. So we're grateful. We acknowledge the great teacher, the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge his presence in this place. We're grateful that the Bible says that the Lord's sheep hear his voice. Amen. Amen. So we believe that you'll be empowered by being here tonight. Those of you that are with us via live stream, we believe that you'll be empowered um, you guys agree with that? Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited. So, you know, um, let's start like this. It's so interesting. It's so interesting to me. This is a thought that I've been having lately. You know, I see so many people, so many people in the church and out of the church, but we church folk. Let's talk about church folk. So many people 
operating in an area I call, I've been referring to it as gray. The gray represents like, you know, the fog, obscurity, you know, a place where you really don't know, it's unfamiliar to you. There's a whole bunch of new going on, right? That's what the gray represents. Y'all okay? Okay. I know there's some extra activity over there. Y'all ready? Anybody feel like you're in a gray space? Like there's a lot of unknowns, you know? I know, I know there's a lot that we do know. Thank God for that. But there's a lot that we don't know. And this is my point. I see so many people operating in an area of unknown like they already know. I mean, think about what that looks like. I mean, that looks like, you know, when you walk into a dark room, do you run? When you walk into a new space, how do you, how do you behave? You go into a space that you haven't been before. You proceed with caution. You proceed with caution. You proceed, but you proceed with caution. I imagine it, you know, like, like sitting in a, in a, either a, a new vehicle, a new car, or a rental car, you know, first time you're in a new car, what do you do? Before you pull off, you check everything out. How does the stereo work? How does the, you know, where's the park neutral and, and all of that stuff drive? You're figuring it out, right? You're, you're, you, you intentionally become familiar with your new surroundings, Right? That's the season that I believe that we're in right now. And it has, you know, this is, this is pre-corona. Uh, That's the last time I'm going to mention that word. Pre-corona. This is just what God is saying. He says, you know, we, we, we were confessing not too long ago that God is doing a new thing. Right? We confess that God is doing a new thing. Now, if God is doing a new thing, if God is doing a new thing, how familiar with it are you? Hmm? None. Not. You're not. It's a new thing. It's new to you. Right? So how is it that in a new space, what y'all didn't think y'all was coming to get the word today? What y'all thought? Y'all ready? So how is it even in a new space, in a new space, why are people acting like they already know? Have you ever had a conversation with someone where you're trying to give them information, but they keep talking like they already know? What do you end up doing? You end up stop talking. If you already know, what's the point of me talking? Right? So what do we do? What do we do? When we enter into a space that's unfamiliar, we enter into this gray space, you enter into a new room, you enter into, you know, a dark space, what do you do when you enter in? You, you feel your way through. Whenever you are operating with something that's unfamiliar to you, you feel your way through. Your, your senses outside of your sight, because you can't see, because you, you don't know, so your other senses become heightened. Right? So since I don't know, if I can't see, I'm going to listen. Yeah. My listening is amplified. You know what I found out what the problem with learning is? Some people just don't listen. Like, number one challenge to learning is listening. 
right? When I'm in a space that I'm, uh, that's unfamiliar to me, then my, my listening should be heightened. I'm more sensitive. I'm feeling my way through. There are many people, I, I see people operating like this is the season of run. It's not the season of run. This is a season of wait. This this is not the season of knowing. This is a season of hearing. So as I'm waiting, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting to hear from the Lord. I'm waiting to hear. Does Does this mean that I'm inactive? Does it mean that I'm that I'm that I'm not there's no motion? No, I can have some motion, but I'm proceeding with my 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 senses are heightened. I'm more sensitive. I'm more sensitive to what? The spirit. I'm not going to be in a new thing acting like I already know. But I'm going to be in a new space whether it be for you a, a, a you call it a a, a higher space, another level, whatever you, you know, whatever it is to you, but I'm going to be in a new space being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. My senses are heightened. I want to hear. I want to be able to feel what God is doing. You know, I want to shut my nor down. Like, this is not the season for me to know. This is the season for me to hear what he's saying. I can't bring my, what I'm familiar with into an unfamiliar space and think that I'm going to function right. Mm-hmm. Y'all ready for it now? I had to bust it out, man. I break y'all. I know y'all. I know it's a lot of new stuff going on around here. Y'all ready for it? Let's go to Isaiah 30. We're going to stay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna roll with Isaiah 30 tonight. Easy reader version. Isaiah 30, easy reader version. I will bust out the King James, but some of y'all already, you know, I'm going to help you out tonight. Easy reader version. Glory to God. I only got 20 minutes. I can't talk. I, I would keep going to grab more of your attention and bring you in. You know, most of the time, you know, you got to, you, if we had time, this is the time that, you know, you, the speaker would use you know, I'll try to hook you and bring you in and bring in your attention and say some interesting things. I got one. I got one for you. For those of you still, I see some people getting their notebooks, getting the peppermints out, getting their pens and all that kind of stuff. So here's one for you. Just to help you out. So, you know, my, um, I got, I have two daughters. One is 16. One, the other one is six. I like to talk about the six-year-old. She's interesting. You know how six-year-olds are. She'll be seven later this year. And, uh, and we learning each other. I thought I knew. She's showing me some stuff I don't know, right? But we're doing better. We're doing better. And, uh, you know, she's in this space where she's learning. She's learning a lot, you know? She's learning a lot. She's in the kindergarten. She's doing very well in kindergarten. Um, kindergarten teacher just told me that she's on reading level G. And at the end of kindergarten, they're supposed to be on D. So she's doing good. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> She's doing well, and uh, so so we get we have these conversations every now and then. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'm trying to tell her something that I know that she doesn't know. 
But she's in this space where she wants to know. She wants to act like she knows, which is cool. I understand it, you know? I understand how it goes. And, uh, and so, so I'll tell her something, and, she'll, and I'll ask her, you know, you know about that? You know what I'm talking about? And she'll say, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then she'll proceed trying to tell me. And she, you can tell by the way she says it. She ain't sure. She's like, you mean uh and then I say, she could tell by my facial expression, no, that's not, that's not the right answer. That's not what I'm talking about. She'll finally, well, tell me then. Tell me then. What you got to say? You know? And that's often how we go through life, even life with, with God, who is the knower, right? All-knowing God. And it's like we're having these conversations through life with God where he's trying to give us information, and we respond to him like we already know. And you're never, I mean, as, as, as much as God wants you to know, as much as God wants you to know, you'll never get to the place where you're ready to really know until you confess that you don't know. As long as you think you know, you'll never be ready to know. I can't give you what you don't know as long as you're convinced that you do know. It's like the first place we need to come to is a place where you confess that, you know what, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And that's a fine place to be. Now, there's some things that we know. There's some things that we know and hold to the things that you know. But you've got to admit, there's a lot that you don't know. There's a whole lot that you don't know. There's a whole lot that you don't know. I mean, I ain't got to point out the obvious, do I? There's a whole lot that you don't know. So I'm going to tell you the end from the beginning. Right now, this, this, this is one of my main points. So what do we do in this season? What do we need to do in this season? What, what, what's, what needs to be my posture in this season? This is a season of hearing. This is a season of waiting. This is a season of before I'm going to move on what I assume I know, before I move on what I learned last year, before I move on what they said, no, I need to wait and hear. No, I need to wait and hear. Like, no, I'm not making a decision on that until I have heard from God. No, I'm not. I can't take the next step. I'm not taking another step until I've heard from God. No, I can't. I'm not getting into whatever it is. I'm not making a deal with you until I've heard from God. I'm not getting in a relationship with you until I've heard from God. I'm not taking this job until I've heard from God. No, I gotta hear from God because he knows. Because he knows. Y'all do believe he knows, right? He knows. He knows. Oh, he's so awesome in his knowing. I mean, God knows our, our, our past and our future and our present and knows how it all connects and wraps in together. God knows. God knows our down-sitting, our uprising. God knows us inside, outside, knows the very number of hairs on our head. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. And I think it's praiseworthy that we acknowledge that our God knows. While you're trying to figure it out, our God knows. While you're making decisions on a hunch, our God knows. While you're still waiting to collect more data, our God knows. While you're borrowing information from them and you got a little bit from this person, my God already knows. While you're still reading the book, 
I know the God who gave the wisdom to write the book. My God already knows. While you're still trying to figure it out, my God, say my God. My God knows. My God knows. And he withholds, the scripture says, he withholds no good or beneficial thing from me. Anything that I need to know, he's willing to give. Anything I need to know, my God is willing to give. The most secure place for me to be is in a position where I'm hearing and waiting. What's the, what's the alternative to that? I mean, what's the opposite of that? What's the other side? If I'm not hearing and waiting, then that means I'm moving based on what I know. And this is where most of us spend most of our time living in what we know. Whew. But where we are and where we going, I need to know something beyond what I know. Because truth be told, I don't know. That's absolute truth. I don't know. I couldn't have told you last week that we would be here like this this week. Truth is, I don't know. But that, and I know that, that, that challenges some people. People feel real comfortable when we get into that space where you don't know. But the beauty for the believer, and this is where I need you to be. See, our security is in him. Our trust is in him. I'm not relying on what I know. I'm not trusting in what I know. I want to lean. I want to roll all my weight on him. And I'm good with him knowing. That's good for me. That's a good, secure place for me to be. Oh, glory. Y'all ready now for the scripture? All right. Go to Isaiah 30. Easy reader version. <laughs> Help some folks out. Amen. Did I tell you the message title? Here you go. School's in session. School's in session. I know your kids at home. School's in session. The master teacher is still teaching. God is conducting class. You want to know what season of life you're in right now? You're in school. You're in God's school. So open your eyes, get your pen, get your pad, and go ahead and turn on that. This is the season where we learn about our God. You, I mean, you've been shouting all this time that your God is good. Now you're about to learn and see how good he is. This is season where I get some weight behind my testimony. See, it, it was fine for a short period of time for me to live off of what other people stated. Grandmama said he's a good God. Mama said he's Jehovah Jireh. But now it's season for me to find that on my, on my own. I'm going to learn how God gets us through gray areas. I'm going to learn for myself first-hand experience. I'm going to have my own witness, my own testimony, how God leads us through a dark place. I'm going to see it for myself. School's in session. Oh, this is time to learn about your God. Not on assumption, not on borrowed knowledge, but for yourself. You get to see the character of God. See, we've said it before that God is the God that knows the end from the beginning, right? But now I get to see 
that before all of this happened, God already said some things to set us up for success right here. I know my God knows what's coming. Yeah, this is, this is the time to go ahead and get your new journal, get you a nice pen that you like, you know. I like tea. Get you a nice cup of Earl Grey. <laughs> Sit in your favorite chair. Label the top of the page the character of God and sit back and take note. Sit back and watch what your God does. Sit back and watch how your God rescues, how your God delivers, how your God provides. Sit back and watch the favor of God. That's exciting. I know this for myself. That's what we're going to be able to say. At the end of this class, everybody going to be able to say, I know for myself. I know for myself. Glory to God. All right, Isaiah 30, starting at the top. We're going to go all the way to the bottom. Y'all ready? 11, set, 11 minutes. Y'all ready to roll with me? We're going to roll. You ready? All right, get it up there. Look at this. The Lord said, look at these children. Can you imagine them? I imagine God in heaven, the angels around them, probably speaking to the Son, the Holy Spirit. Look at these children. They don't obey me. Now, that one caught me. I'm like, this is the God that created the universe, God that created the heavens, God that separated the water from the land, God that took whatever and made a giraffe, God of all of that, having a problem with children. God is so powerful, the Bible says that he can turn the heart of a king, but he's having trouble with his kids. <laughs> for for y'all parents who um, wonder, how, what am I going to do with this? You ain't, you ain't alone. God is there with you. Look at these children. They don't obey me. Watch this. This God talking about, this is this not God talking about the world. This God talking about his children. They make plans, but they don't ask me to help them. They make agreements, arrangements. They're cutting deals, signing contracts with other nations. Other nations represents with people who are foreign to me. They're making agreements with people who don't even roll like I roll, don't even know what I know. They're making agreements with strange people. People that follow other doctrine, have other values. They cut in covenant with people who haven't cut covenant with me. My spirit doesn't want those agreements. These people are adding, check this out, more and more sins to the ones they have already done. In the context of this conversation, I want to talk about what, he's, what is he calling sin. This reminds me of the very first Bible verse that I learned as a kid. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Y'all know it? King James Version too. You ready to say it with me? Go ahead, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not in thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and what did he say next? And depart from evil. What's evil in this context? Trusting yourself, 
relying on information that didn't come from God, that's evil. Taking somebody else's counsel, that's evil. Following after somebody's way that doesn't follow God's way, that's evil. Not acknowledging God first, that's evil. When he says they, they, they're heaping sin on top of sin, meaning they're making all these decisions and ain't asking me nothing. They come to all these conclusions and haven't consulted me on anything. They walking around acting like they wise and ain't even asked for my wisdom. Here I am. I've made partnership with them. I made covenant with them. I promised to be with them. I'm here. I'm God. I got all of this stuff and they walking around like they don't even need me. That's what he's saying. These people are adding more and more sins to the ones they have already done. Verse 2. They're going down to Egypt for help. They're going down to Egypt for help. They're going down. They're, 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 they're requesting. They're drawing from the wisdom of people who are or seem to be wise based on worldly standards. That's what Egypt represents. They're going to the people who, in the eyes of the world, are powerful for their help. They are, they have, they, you know, the, you know, we know that God is a jealous God. But that's not the type of jealousy that you, oh, you know, the old girl that got mad at you. Because you was, she saw you talking to, she thought you was, she, you know, I ain't got to talk about it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's not the type of jealousy that we're talking about here. That's not the type of jealousy that God has. But this is the type of jealousy that God has. God's jealousy is this. God says, I've got everything for your life. Why are you going anywhere else but to me? I've got everything that you need. I'm your source. I'm your supply. I've got it all covered. I know your front and back. I know your future. I got you. Why they keep going down the street when I got everything right here? That's the type of jealousy that God is experiencing. He's like, don't they know? Why, why, why are they walking away from me when I got everything that they need? Oh, can I get in your morning business? Why are they turning on CNN and MSNBC and all these other sources for their information? It ain't even asking me nothing about this day. When, when, when this is the day that the Lord has made, but you want to run to them to ask them about the day that the Lord has made? How come you got all these other sources? I'm supposed to be your source. So they were going to Egypt for help, but they did not ask me if that was the right thing to do. They hope they will be saved by the power, the might, the strength of some man. They, 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 they're looking for relief from the government and haven't sought relief from me. I told them all the good things that I had in store for them, but they chose to get excited when they heard about what they was going to do. And they ain't even say nothing about what I already said I was going to do. They want Egypt to protect them. Really? 
This is, this is coming from the God who took one man and made a nation and then took one nation and made it disappear, saying that people would rather trust in a Pharaoh or some worldly source of strength than me. Go to three. But I tell you, hiding in Egypt would not help you. Pharaoh will not be able to protect you. Your leaders have gone to Zone and your representatives have gone to Haines, but they will be disappointed. They are depending on a nation that cannot help them. Egypt is useless. It will not help. Not the type of help you need. I don't care what they say they're going to do. They can't get the type of help that you need. Egypt will bring nothing but shame and embarrassment. You know what's embarrassing? And I've been here. I've been here. You know what's embarrassing? Is when, you, when you're going through and you get a break and then you take the break and misapply the break, and then going through again? Mm, mm. <laughs> That's like embarrassing. You know what I mean? Look what he says next. Go to the next one. This is a message about Negev, the Negev animals. There's a dangerous place full of lions, adders, deadly snakes, and useless people. And there are people who load their wealth onto donkeys and their treasures on the back of camels. They carry them to a people who cannot help. That useless nation is Egypt. Egypt's help is worth nothing. So I call Egypt the do-nothing dragon. Go to eight. Now write this on a sign so that all people can see it. Broadcast this. Make it obvious. Oh, glory. God's doing some obvious things in this season. God's doing some obvious things in this season. God's doing some obvious things in this season. He says, write these things for future time. See, the lesson to be learned today is going to speak years down the road. There's, there have been some things that God has done before that should be speaking today. God says, no, it's going to become obvious. It should be obvious. It should be obvious that this is a move of God. It should be obvious that the stage is set for people who have been ignoring God to be brought back to a place where we acknowledge God, it should be obvious. It should be obvious that, you know what? When he was trying to help me out then, I walked away and did my own thing. Now I'm in this situation. Hmm, I'm glad somebody wrote it down. Let me go back to the source and get all of this right. It should be obvious. He said, this is lesson number one. Write it down. Should be no surprise. The stage is set. Go to the next verse. These people are like children who refuse to obey. They lie and refuse to listen to the Lord's teachings. They tell the prophets, don't see dreams about things we should do. Don't tell us the truth. We just want you to say nice things to us and make us feel good. I don't want to hear about my real condition. Say nice things to us, make us feel good. See only good things for us, go to 11. Stop seeing things that will really happen. 
Get out of our way. Stop telling us about the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel says, you people have refused to accept this message from me. You depend on fighting and lies to help you. You depend on fighting and lies to help you. Can I bring it home? You depend on fighting and lies to help you like you're really waiting on the politicians to figure this out. You depend on their fighting. I mean, listen, you got people fighting to be able to speak their view. And you're waiting on that opinion? He says, look, you depend on fighting and, and lies. I mean, if we were to be honest, most of what many people are standing on, not the people in this room, most of what many people are standing on is just good marketing. It's like, does it really do that? Is, 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 it, is it really the super picker-upper? You know, just, does it really do what it's, they say it's going to do in the commercial? I mean, how much of the decisions you make is based on some fancy marketing? I, and I'm not just talking about products being marketing. I'm talking about people market their worldview. And you borrowed their worldview. And they just spoke it and spoke it and spoke it. So you think you got to hustle. Because so-and-so say you got to hustle. This is the season of hustle. You need to be on your grind. So you out trying to grind it out. Go to bed at 2 o'clock. Wake up at 5 o'clock. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Because somebody has marketed it to you. And that's what you're going to base your life on? Whose report are you going to believe? What's the next verse? 13. You are guilty of these things, so you're like a tall wall with cracks in it. That wall will fall and break into small pieces. What is he saying? You know, the... the the beauty of this scripture is that the wall was built. The wall was built. Whatever it is that they were desiring to build, it was built. And many of us, we, we make these decisions without hearing the full counsel of God, and we go out and we do really whatever we want to do. And we build whatever we decided that we're going to build, and it gets built. The wall was built, but the material used to build it wasn't worth anything. And this is where the, the embarrassment comes in, is because after you finish building, the wall has cracks in it, and that wall will fall and break into small pieces. You will be like a large clay jar that breaks into many small, useless pieces. You cannot use them to get a hot coal from the fire, you cannot use what you've built off of somebody else's wisdom. You can't use it for the things that you need. You can't use it for your provisions. You can't use it for your life. You can't use it to get fire. You can't use it to get water. Verse 4, 15. 15. The Lord God, the Holy One of Israel says, if you come back to me, you will be saved. Isn't it, isn't it just awesome? There's always room for a change of heart. It's never too late for a change of heart. You can be in the middle of mess and have a change of heart. You can be in progress and bring it to a close and have a change of heart. Come back to me and you will be saved. Only be re by remaining calm and trusting 
in me can you be strong. Hear and wait. But you don't want to do that. 16. You say, no, we need to move fast. I've lost time. I need to catch up. Look at all the people that are ahead of me. And he says, all the fast ways that you figure out, look what he says. You only need those to run away because your enemy will be faster than your horses. All these schemes and tricks, and you think you're going to beat the credit card companies and all that stuff, man. Come on, man. All the stuff you do, you know, we do. So your enemy is going to be faster than you. Look at verse 17. One enemy soldier will make threats, and a thousand of your men will run away. And when five of them make threats, all of you will run away. The only thing that will be left of your army will be a flagpole on a hill, 18. So the Lord is waiting to show his mercy to you. Ain't it good that God is waiting? He wants to rise and comfort you. The Lord is the God who does the right thing. So he will bless everyone who waits for his help. So you people who live in Jerusalem, that's the church. That's me. That's you. You people who live in Jerusalem on Mount Zion will not continue crying. You will not continue crying. You will not continue crying. This is what your God says to you. You will not continue crying. This is what God says to the church. You will not continue crying. The Lord will hear your crying and he will comfort you. When he hears you, this is the part I said, you got to acknowledge first that you don't know. Because when he hears you, he will help you. Ain't that good news? When he hears you, he will help you. Lord, help me, God, dog. <laughs> the Lord might give you sorrow and pain like the bread and water you eat every day. There may be challenges, but God is your teacher. And he will not continue to hide from you. He will not show a deaf ear to you, but he is going to speak. I believe he's speaking right now. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. This is the season to see your teacher with your own eyes. I'm not living off of what they said they saw, but I could see it with my own eyes. If you wander from the right path, even if you go to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying you should go this way. Here's the right way. Oh, this is the season. This is that season. As I'm walking through what I don't know, because truth be told, I don't know. I don't have to be afraid even in this season because my teacher, my God is with me. And when I go to the right, if that's not the right way, he's there to tell me, go this way. Go that way. Go straight. Go forward. My God is with me. My God is my constant companion. Hallelujah. He will never leave me or forsake me. Hallelujah. He moves with me. 
He flows with me. Always in tune, step by step. I don't take a step that he doesn't know about. There's no dark path that he won't light up. He is a deliverer. He's our rescue. He is our advantage. He is our advantage. He's my insight. He's my wisdom. When I don't know what to do, I'm so glad that he knows what to do. When I don't know how, I'm so glad he will provide a how. Our God is that good. Ain't it good to have a God like that in a season like this? Come on, stand on your feet and just worship him. Ain't it good to have a God like that in a season like this? Ain't it good to have a God who hears, who knows, who knows right where you are? Knows where he wants you to be. He's invested his spirit on the inside of you to lead and guide you. Hallelujah. I think that's good news. I think that's good news. I think that's worth praising him. Glory to you. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah.